Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part six in our conversation. We hope you enjoy. One thing that Rich Plass, the second thing is Rich Plass introduced yesterday, but it's, it's again, all of this requires us to slow down a little bit, but can we stop and maybe write about, we're trying to assess our surrounding, uh, the, the way that we are perceiving what we're going through. And he, he gave five categories, safe, scary, chaotic, boring, calm. Like when I find myself flooded or I'm in a tough spot or I feel vulnerable, how am I, how am I, how am I perceiving where I am in this moment? Am I safe? Am I scared? Do I feel like I'm in chaos? Am I bored? Or are things calm? What's the state of my life right now? In other words, again, we're just trying to make sense of what's going on. Because again, someone who's in chaos, someone who is is not self-regulating, who is lacking self-control, impulse behavior, impulse behavior, impulse behavior. We've got to put something in the middle there. We've got to slow down. So how am I feeling? You know? And then uh, assess my surroundings. How am I perceiving where I'm at? Am I in a safe place? Am I in a scary place? Am I in a chaotic place? Am I in a bored place? Am I in a calm place? Thirdly, we have to cultivate relational attachment. In other words, we've got to build trust with ourselves and with others. Nobody gets better by themselves. Nobody. Not me. Not you, Austin. Not anybody in recovery. Not anybody ever. If we're going to grow in relational health, we've got to learn to build trust. We've got to do trustworthy things. We've got to take the risk of, of pursuing other people. You know, we've got to learn to ask for help. And this is where I think the last one is, I think the refuge really helps, but this idea of a group identity, being a part of something bigger than yourself. Um, honestly, honestly, if there was one, if there was one thing that I think the refuge, why I think it were, I mean, there's several things I could say, but this is one of the reasons I think the refuge is helpful is a lot of recovery programs are so individualistic. I think that, it, there's a power to being a part of something bigger than you. Mm. It's connection. It's connection. We're not made for isolation. We're made for connection. You know, that, <laughs> that idea kind of runs through all of these. Um, but I think it's worth just saying, just having some sort of group identity being a part of a group, being a part of a team, being a part of a club, being a part of something bigger than yourself is critical to, to your growth. That's why people join groups, churches, uh, small groups. Um, they go to, why they go to AA and NA, why they, you know, like there's a group identity. Yeah. Mm. There's power there. Yes. 
And the last thing I'll say, and then you can sum this up, Austin, but I just wrote yesterday, like, if we're going to move from one place to another place, an unhealthy place to a healthy place, if you will, I just believe, and and again, what I just said, it kind of continues to, there's a thread that runs through this. It requires the presence of a healthier person with us. Like we, we almost have to have a vision of something healthier in front of us. It's not just thinking differently. It's like we have to see something different modeled. It requires the presence of a healthier person with us to kind of model the way with us in order to like widen our lens, widen our perspective, see a healthier way. Like we have to have a healthier person that we can almost mimic. Um, because, because as we've learned, right, our presence permeates like how we are impacts the people that we're around, how others are that we're around impact us. And so we need some healthier people to mimic, to follow. And so I think where we often struggle is that we adopt the language. We can say the right things. Um, but it doesn't take root in our body and our mind and in our soul. And so we've got to slow down. We've got to pay attention to our emotions. We've got to assess our surroundings. We've got to build trust. We've got to have some sense of group identity. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it requires the presence of healthier people in our lives that we, that we are, that we're mimicking. That we're trying to that we're trying to to learn from and grow from. And all of that's going to help us with self-control. All of it's going to help us to become more self-regulated in our emotions and in our impulses, so that hopefully we can slow down enough to where when we have those impulses, we don't respond in ways that are destructive to ourselves. And really painful for the people that love us. And ultimately harmful to others. So those are my thoughts, man. Uh, How do you want to wrap this up? This is a reminder, I guess, to just as much to myself as to anybody else. Like there was a lot in there. And instead of being hopeless, like, man, there's a lot of new information. I think just be, give yourself, be compassionate towards yourself. If you're going to, like, you're not going to be perfect the first time you try something the first or like in or if you've tried it before and it didn't work like you're not like this takes practice it takes time and those are things that people it's not it's not always enjoyable to go through that time but give yourself some compassion it's going to take time how you feel today if you do these practices of slowing down being curious um working to solve those things with other people who are healthier than you not perfect but healthier it will it will improve so the feeling you have now will be different in a week it'll be different in a month it'll be different in three months and the goal is to be continually improving a little bit at a time thanks for listening to this episode of the relational recovery podcast we'll be back soon with a new conversation we'll see you then